Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. By golly, that is so true. Welcome to another edition of uh, Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you, Bunker to France over here, and in Los Angeles, Todd Roberts. Gentlemen, it is so good to be with you today. And you use that term. I have to tell you that uh, we're, you know, uh, some days are better than others, and this is one of those good days. I hear you. Well, it's it's good to have you with us. It is. Uh, It makes it it a better day. It is our movie Saturday program because we do these things on the last day, uh, movie Saturdays, uh, the last Saturday of each month. Um, so there we are, <laughs> and uh, it's the end of our trail. It's the end of the trail. Uh, we're getting all dressed up and heading out to the saloon tonight. <laughs> you are? <laughs> no, I wish. You're not belly, belly up to the bar? No, not even. Uh, anyway, um, what was I going to do? Oh, you have some birthdays. Oh, and stuff I do have that some you birthdays. need to talk yes, about. Yes, I do. Here, well, let me grab my birthday list quickly. Here. And oh, I got and I got a special one here, but I'm going to save that one for last. Oh, he he okay. even has it in a special envelope. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yesterday was Mr. Li- born in 1911. Was Mr. Life Erickson oh, yeah. from Ha Chaparral. Big John. That was his birthday. Happy d- yesterday birthday. Uh, on the 30th of this month, uh, born in uh, 1945 was Henry Winkler. Now, you're asking yourself, why would we mention Henry Winkler? Because he did a great program, produced a great program. Yes, indeed. uh, Dead Man's Gun. Gun. I think it only went one season, didn't it? One year, but it was one of the finest Uh, anthologies. I mean, it's up there with Dick Powell's anger. Oh, easily. I mean, for those who may not have ever seen it, it, the story is about a gun. And whoever has that gun, regardless of what they may, whatever they may have been in the past, the gun makes them someone else. Yeah, a lot of misfortune. <laughs> Every once in a while, the gun would bring some good to somebody, but most of the time, they'd end up dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that only happens with me when I drink tequila. Yeah, well, that's the way it goes. That, that's dead man's tequila. There you go. Okay, and this one, now this birthday, I'm dedicating to Harry. All right. It's October 31st. That's Halloween. Yep. His favorite Western woman movie star, Dale Evans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Remember, no, I, got, I, can, I, remember is, I control the uh, <laughs> things here. That, you don't have to go back and erase <laughs> that one. Now, this this one's a special one. This, this was actually, I, I generally cut it off on Thursdays. Uh, but this is the 25th of October. Fellow was born in 1919, and you know there's so many of these actors that just never got any recognition. Mm-hmm. They did tons and tons of stuff. Well, I'm going to recognize this okay. guy. Fellow named Rico Alaniz, A L A N I Z. This guy did a ton of stuff, but he did like just to give you an idea, he did four episodes of Chaparral. Wow. Four episodes of Bonanza. He did a Daniel Boone. He did two episodes of Wild Wild West. Three episodes of Gunsmoke. Nineteen episodes of the Legend, Life and Legend of Wyatt Earp as uh, brother cousin. 
Oh, okay. And I thought, you know, that's kind of special. Your cousin, yeah. Yeah, and he did, and he he, he had about a thirty-year career, worked wow. a ton of Western. Yeah. But I thought, you know, we need we need these guys need to be respected. Well, and you know, character actors, and that's yeah. why we're doing one today. Yeah. Um, that I what do, a character. We, we must digress, though. Um, happening or uh, that happened on the twenty-sixth of October, uh, what eighteen eighty or eighteen eighty-one. That little uh, dust up there in uh, the town too dumb to no, that's Bisbee. Uh, town too tough to die. Uh, oh, yeah, the you know, shootout. Some some dust up between the Earps and the Cowboys. Who? Yeah, never heard of. Them. I know. Well, let's be clear here. Yeah. Um, Perfectly this is, this is uh, although it is more commonly known as the gunfight at the OK Corral, that's not what Wyatt Earp called it. Mm. He called, he called it the street fight in Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Well, he should and, know um, he was there. <laughs> yeah, he yes, he was. Um, and it all started because uh, Ed Clanton and, and didn't Billy pay his Clinton bar bill. Got drunk. And didn't know how to hold their liquor. Mouthed off one too many times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Told told the bartender uh, that he was going to hang the herb shit on a shingle. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you just don't tell that... some people have a sense of humor and some people don't. Yeah. I'm and th- the Earps were never known for a sense of humor. Don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Never known to crack a smile. No. No. They were not known for their their sense of, sense of humor. At he all. didn't crack a smile, but he cracked a lot of heads. <laughs> With that butt He line. sure did. Yeah. He, that's why he loved uh, buff, Buffalo and was his favorite technique. Yeah. All right. George Kennedy is the uh, topic for today. Um, Michael F. Blake, uh, Western Writers of America author and uh, uh, proponent, or not proponent, uh, the, the, the manager of some really cool Facebook pages uh, uh, directed by John Ford and um, <laughs> the other one, oh, trilogy, um, the Cavalry trilogy. Um, and Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, he, he is going to uh, be joining us. He couldn't join us today because uh, he's uh, recovering from an illness, an extended illness. So, um, a three-day bender? No. No, <laughs> no. He's not that kind of guy. No, he isn't. But he did send me some stuff here to go with uh, with George Kennedy, and I, I'd like to just read it, and then we can go for it. Go for it r- right away. That'll set the tone. Okay, so this is all from Michael F. Blake. Uh, George Kennedy was always a standout in anything he did, including westerns. His large build and deep voice made him a great fit as a villain in numerous roles. He played the gamut of television westerns, often appearing in numerous episodes of Gunsmoke, Have Gun, Will Travel, Bonanza, Laredo, and Big Valley, just to name a few. Kennedy once said the reason why he did so many westerns was the stars of these shows, quote, Needed big lumps to eat up. All I had to do was show up on the set, and I got beat up. (laughs) (laughs) But Kennedy was more than just a big lump. He was an actor who could infuse his role with either menace or compassion, depending on that role. For example, was he any more menacing than Curly, the hired guns and sons of Katie Elder? A man who took ruthless delight in uh, dunking John Doucette's head in a bucket of water. 
Kennedy, who was really nice, quiet guy offset, displays a psychopathic delight in his actions until John Wayne yells at him and swats him in the face with an axe handle. That'll, that'll get your attention. That'll, that'll rearrange your teeth. <laughs> uh, or his duplicitous Frazier in Cahill, U.S. Marshal, who feigns a friendly kindness to Wayne's two boys to get what he wants. And when that fails, his true colors show, unafraid to harm the boys to obtain the stolen loot. One of the best lines in the film is where he's playing dead, and John Wayne suspects he isn't. Shooting at Kennedy's head, the character jumps up complaining, You'd shoot a dead man. <laughs> yeah, darn right I would. <laughs> when it comes to displaying a character's compassion, look no further than Kennedy's performance as Union Colonel Fairchild in Shenandoah. James Stewart asks his help in finding his youngest son, who was mistakenly taken prisoner. Kennedy's performance, brief as it is, displays a natural concern and compassion of any father. It is a beautifully played scene and one of Michael's favorites in that film. His role as Sheriff July Johnson in Bandolero is another one where he plays oh, a range of emotions, including his love for Raquel Welch, which can never be realized. Watch well, he can stand in line behind me. Yeah, uh-huh. you get behind me. <laughs> That's right, age before beauty. Um, he didn't need... <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I know. He didn't need any dialogue to express his character's feeling. It was all shown on the face. That is, you know, so many actors don't act with the face. Uh, you know, they, they say the lines and, and leave it be. Well, you know, you're right, because, you know, you take a guy like Newman, he acts with his eyes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. with Kennedy... You know, his whole story is on his face. Yeah, exactly. Kennedy never gave a bad performance, Michael continues. One last role, not a Western, was his delightful portrayal as crooked prison guard Doc Council in Andrew McLagan's underrated Fool's Paradise. That's a good movie. Uh, Yeah, Kennedy gives a fully vivid performance that is delightfully villainous. His work as Doc, down to the glasses and grimy teeth is so well thought out and delivered, I think it's one of his best performances. And Michael says that he got to work around Kennedy on Airport 79. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he knows it was a stinker of a film, but it was a job. Uh, like he, uh, like Michael said, he was a quiet and gentle person, not showboating on the set like other actors. One day Michael told him that uh, he loved his uh, TV series, The Blue Knight, Good and job. he gave such life to Joseph Wamba's character Uh, George broke out in that big grin of his and thanked me. It was my favorite, too, he replied. George cast a big shadow in Hollywood. He was one of those journeyman actors who you knew could always deliver a solid performance, something that is sadly lacking nowadays. And that is from Michael F. Blake. You know, we're so, gonna, so true. We're going to have a hard act to follow when Michael joins us. I know. We've got to put on our best, our best behavior here. Anyway, uh, so that, that's, the, uh, uh, that's what Michael F. Blake uh, is, is handing to us about um, George Kennedy. Bunker, you worked with George. Um, on yes, I did. Num- number, uh, I'm thinking a number of films. I can I I know the exact number of films. One. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let let me just go back in here. Let's see. 
That was a dirty movie. Huh? No, no, that wasn't a dirty movie. <laughs> it was Dirty Dingus McGee. Yeah, yeah, I remember that movie well. I actually, I, that, that was a fun movie to work on. I did a, got to do a lot of stuff on that, and I can't find my card here. Oh, what are you doing here? Well, hell with the card. I don't need the card. Yeah, just, what, what was the what was the guy well, like? Was it everything that Michael? Uh, well, he was that us? and more. He was. You know, it, it's just his size alone was uh, imposing. He was about six five. Yeah, something more like that. And in cowboy boots, you had about another two inches. Mm-hmm. And there's a good friend of mine, Mike Pritchard. Uh, he's a cowboy, a cowboy from upstate New York. Okay. But, you know, people don't realize the ranch is up there. That's Anyhow, right. Mike doubled him on that and did a good job. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the funny things is because, you know, I, I, back then I didn't talk. like I, you know, I never shut up now, but <laughs> back then I never talked. And, but I used to like to just kind of sneak up on them and mm-hmm. listen in and you know listen to their stories and stuff and he he, he didn't sit around regaling people like a lot of them mm-hmm. did. but if you wanted to get him engaged in conversation talk about planes he loved airplanes he loved airplanes he when he went into the when he went into the army in 1943 he wanted to be a pilot and they told him george if we, if we, it's either you or a 210-pound bomb we're going to put in the plane. And I think we get more use out of the bomb. So that was it. But yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was I can't. I can't think of anybody that had a, a bad thing to say for him. Bob Trehune doubled him on it. And that's Trehune, Max's son. That's a Max son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Trehune is probably was. Trehune was like Jack Elam. He, you know, two of the funniest guys you ever saw. They had a they had a sense of humor that uh, was truly strange, bizarre, and just <laughs> goofy. I mean, you it, you'd fall down laughing around these guys. Yeah, yeah. And him and George got along like you know, just like like two brothers that hadn't mm-hmm. seen each other in years. Wow, Todd Roberts, if you uh, any recollections of George Kennedy? Well, you know. I would agree with everything Michael said and back up Bunker. Um, but I think that George, you know, is to me one of the greatest examples of um, what Stanislavski said, which are there are there there are no small parts, only small actors. Mm-hmm. Um, he Billy exemplified that because he took all these small parts yeah. and expanded them way beyond what uh, the normal run-of-the-mill actor would have done with them and um sometimes you know he did he was at the top of the bill um but there are a lot of films that you know he made that we don't even remember he was in Mm -hmm. and that shows that explained that that is a great example of that point number one but number two how good he is because he wasn't grandstanding and he is he he integrated himself into the story He's fabulous in Lonely or the Brave with Kirk Douglas. He's mm-hmm. he's evil as evil comes in Charade mm-hmm. with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. What a way to go. Um, he's, he's so good in Flight of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. He does not try to compete with any of the other actors. Um, the Dirty Dozen, he's, he's, he's awful good and funny, he, you know. Uh, cool Hand Luke, we just love him, and that's where yep. he got his Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, Best you know, he, Yeah, he's just so good. 
Um, and and to think that you could win an Oscar not only uh, going up against, um, you know, as a supporting actor, he wasn't up against Paul Newman, but off, often the best supporting actor in a film like that with, a, with an actor like Newman, a uh, top, top actor, the supporting actors all kind of get overlooked because they think it's all on the head or mm-hmm. shoulders of the lead, lead actor. Right. Um, not to mention the cast in that film oh, is God. a who's who of supporting actors, including Strother Martin well, well, and well, Ralph Wade. Well, use a failure to communicate. <laughs> communicate. Yep. And Morgan Woodward. Yeah. And, and so on and so on. And, and, and Woodward didn't even have any dialogue. In just, he just, <laughs> he just, just looked at you. No. Nope. He just, those he just, he just looked at you. Those mirror sunglasses. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, you know, only to expand on what Michael said about Cahill U.S. Marshall, you'd shoot a dead man. Yeah, and I ain't going to let him shoot me neither. <laughs> yeah. um, he was, he but was I think the performance that really, really gets overlooked, um, that I, I, it's a film that struck me very hard the first time I ever saw it. I, and um, to think about the other actors that are in it, uh, it's a very racially charged film it's called tick 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 mm-hmm. like the seconds on a clock mm-hmm. with jim brown and frederick march ticking down and and he plays the white sheriff of a country town in georgia mm-hmm. who has lost his re-election to the first ever black sheriff being jim brown mm-hmm. And uh, he has to deal with that um, within his family. He has to deal with it with his kids, his wife, his friends. And he decides to to take the high road and um, assist Jim Brown in this film, uh, the guy who defeated him. Uh, And uh, it's a great portrayal. And... uh, there's some great scenes. Another one that I love so much that shows you the diversification of George Kennedy is Thunderbolt and Lightfoot mm-hmm. with Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges and uh, Jeffrey uh, um, Jeffrey Lewis, Joffrey Lewis. And he stomps. F- you need stomps. Are you a hero to death? <laughs> well, he he Jeff Bridges he he. He kicks him in the head so many times that he has a brain hemorrhage and dies. Yeah. That's um, evil. But so in, it's amazing in that character how he can switch the he can switch it on and off so quickly. The hey, anger. just switch the on air sign on. <laughs> just saw it. Yeah. Okay. Well, is that like the bar sign, Harry? Because hey. you know what happens every time you turn it on. I come running. Well, and I've, um, I've got my cocktail here too. He does. He's got, he's okay. Got, he's got a backup. Well, you know, you mentioned. But I also want to say that you know when you think about George, uh, something that's amazing is that he was on over over sixty or over seventy different episodes of Dallas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can't I the, mean the, the, uh, he also did the Dallas movies hmm. yeah and and how do you I mean no one can walk around. that just shows how he was there for the work it was mm-hmm. about the work mm-hmm. and it was about putting the time in and he didn't care what the part was it was work and he also had a great sense of humor as you said Bunker it's obvious by the Naked Gun movies <laughs> he's hilarious yeah you know, um, and 
I just think he's a first-class actor. All right, and we got to we got to do our first commercial break here. We are streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch, Harry Alexander Bunker DeFrance and Todd Roberts. It's Movie Saturday, and our topic is George Kennedy. We will be back after these important messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. You are a liar and a coward. If you move anyway but backwards, I can lose that eye. Get out of here. This is the Voices of the West. These voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. George Kennedy is our topic on Movie Saturday, and a little bit of Eddie Dean there. Great song. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, Todd mentioned that he he excelled at small parts, Mm -hmm. and his very first part was definitely a small part. He was two years old, and he went on the, the, uh, it was a play, and it was a, what do you call them when they go out on the road? Tour. Tour, tour and play. It was uh, Bringing Up Father, which was based on the Maggie and Jigs cartoon strip mm-hmm. that was so popular back then. Mm-hmm. He, he did that for two years. 
So, I mean, that is a small part. <laughs> and he's a small person. But, but this is the interesting thing. At the age of seven, he's in New York, and he's a DJ on New York radio. Wow. Isn't that awesome? He was also, here's some trivia for you, he was also the guest star, the first guest star on uh, the premiere of Route 66. How about that? Well, show me the route. Yeah, I know. I, well, as long as we're talking, let's talk about his military career, because right. that's pretty interesting. He spent 16 years in the Army. He intended to make it a career, but he ended up with a back injury, which uh, ended his career. Uh, he enlisted himself as a military... Oh, he established himself as a military advisor on the Sergeant Bilko TV series. No kidding. Yeah, but... Well, this is this is kind of interesting. Uh, the number one, his number one film idol was Jimmy Stewart, and I said that was one of his greatest experiences was when he worked with Stewart on Shenandoah. Mm. He played President Warren G. Harding in the 1979 miniseries Backstairs at the White House, and this is this is kind of neat. They did one of those presidential portraits for the mm-hmm. for the for the show. Mm-hmm. Well. He took that home and hung it in the, in the house. That is, I mean, it, it looks like, you know, the, the presidential portraits were always done by the top artists. Yeah, of the day, yeah, yeah. And it looks like, wow. and, and it just looked so great a picture. Oh, cool. uh, his father was a, a musician and orchestra leader. His mother was a ballet dancer. And he joined the Army in 1943. I served 16 years, as I said. Uh, later on was uh, a DJ on Armed Forces Radio. He helped establish the first Army Information Office, which provided technical assistance to film and TV, which mm-hmm. led to the job on Sergeant Bilko. Mm-hmm. His first speaking role in a major film, this isn't his first job, his first speaking role, was in Spartacus, 1960, and he was the last of the slaves to say, I am Spartacus. <laughs> right, yeah. right. He That's, wrote, yeah. He wrote three books. Very- it, 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 around 2011, two of them were mysteries: murder, murder on location, and murder yes. on high. And then his autobiography, "Trust Me." Now, getting back to the army stuff, uh, he reached the uh, rank of captain, served in uh, the infantry under George S. Patton, and was in the Battle of the Bulge, earning two Bronze Stars. And he also, this is kind of, this is the little thing that I didn't know about him that I thought was really neat. He's a very strong advocate for adopted children. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, most of his kids were adopted. Uh, one of them was for the daughter of an adopted daughter. And it just, you know, he's just very strong on that. And uh, so during tour, he also, he earned four rows of combat ribbons in uh, World War II. Mm. He was an aviator. He loved planes. We, Harry and I were talking about this before the show. He owned a Cessna 210 and a Beechcraft Bonanza. And he wor- also, he worked on the Far East Network after World War II with the U.S. Army doing radio. I was there, too. Well, well not, not when he was, but uh, that was well, did, did, American Forces Radio. He paved the way for you. Yes, he did. <laughs> and he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. All right. What else can we talk about, Mr. Well, uh, Kennedy? A beautiful day. No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> I think that I, I, I think that his gun smokes, um, his his bad guys on Gunsmoke are some of the best. Um, he, and then you know he played a 
a guy that is looked at as a bad guy, but he's a good guy in the respect of who he really is. He's a father trying to protect his daughter. Mm -hmm. um, he, he can't let go of her. He won't let her date anybody. Mm -hmm. He won't let her be around anybody. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, she falls for Burt Reynolds as Quinn Asper, and um, he just can't take, he can't even imagine her, you know, being away. He's the wife died and all he has left is the daughter and you know the daughter feels like I'm, I'm all I am here is a maid I'm cooped I'm up not here. your daughter I'm a maid mm -hmm. and uh, he's very you know he has a real he was able to tap into his anger very easily and very quickly and uh, his anger uh, as that character towards Burt Reynolds's character is very poignant and lasered uh, I have to say when he's coming at you, you kind of, he kind of puts you back on your heels. <laughs> just the, the sheer size of the man. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was just thinking. I remember the very first time I saw him on TV. Uh -huh. I had probably seen him before, but this was the first time that he stood out, and it was on a Maverick episode called Hadley's Hunters. He was the deputy, Deputy Jones. Okay. And all I really remember was just there was a guy that was bigger than Maverick. You know, he was as big as a horse. Yeah, he was. Uh, I also saw him in a, a, a couple episodes of Tales of Wells Fargo. I was going to go there. All right. Yeah, he would. He played uh, a, a brother uh, who is a bad guy. You know, and nobody does anything in that town without the brothers saying you can, kind of thing. And uh, that was good. Good movie. Yeah, they, I, episode as well. I, I saw this just the day before yesterday on Tales of Wells Fargo. I don't remember the episode name. I know he did two episodes. So one was Dead Man Street, and the other one was Assignment in Glory B. But in this one, he was the son of Buddy Epson. Yeah, and he's locked up in jail. Yeah, that's the one that's episode the, I'm, I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. and that, that that was really Buddy Epson's episode. But he, you know, he was just the big dumb son in jail. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Todd. Well, I just, you know, he's, there's just something about him. It, yes, it's his size, obviously, but he's also able to muster up a an anger that you just, it comes at you. And, you know, often that anger comes out of, shall we say, much smaller guys. Um, mm -hmm. But he could find it and bring it. Um, and it's 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 unusual because most bigger guys, like Clint Walker, you know, um, are oh well, you know, <laughs> I don't want to hit you, but I will. Yeah, right. Sorry, I put you through you that wall. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, or Alex Karras, you know, uh, <laughs> who's the who's the who is the parody of all big bad guys, <laughs> yeah. big bad guys in in all westerns. Um, who punches the, the, the horse? The horse. Yeah. Um, That's but bad. you know, he's he's he just was able to find that and deliver it, and and you know, Dirty Dozen, as I said, I mentioned before, he's just he is he is he's just perfect as the antithesis to Robert Ryan's um, total jerk, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and he takes everything in stride. You know, um, and he he compliments and tries not and does not overshadow and doesn't compete with either Lee Marvin or Ernest Bergstein. 
He's just, he fits right in. He assimilates. And you wouldn't think that from a big guy. And you know, based on the, stature and the voice. Here's the thing, too, you because know, you're talking about the big guy and the, get eliciting a response you don't expect for from a big mm-hmm. guy. But he was capable of really eliciting sympathy. You feel for him. You, you know, you, you know, it's like, you know, yes. the... Uh, the, he can uh, show his human vulnerable side. And there's there's a one. This is he kind of touched on it in this one. And, and it's a funny. It's a little movie that gets dismissed, but I kind of enjoy it. It's called The Ballad of Joyzy, Joyzy, Jersey, <laughs> Joy, Josie, Josie, Ballad of Josie it's with Doris, uh, Bay, Doris Day. The Peter Graves yeah. he plays Arch Ogden yeah. in it, and he is he is he is the heavy in that. And it, you know the story is you know she's she's a she's a widow she's trying to get by on the ranch and to get by she decides to run sheep in Wyoming cattle country and he's a he's a cattleman and it's also it's the birth of the suffragettes and uh, George gets the crap beat out of him by the townswomen <laughs> but it, it was a fun little movie I enjoyed it all right we're going to do our next commercial break here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West it's Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts with you and uh, we'll we'll be right back I think Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. I've got something going on here. What's and going on here? You know, I had a problem with my... Um, yeah. I did too, but I took a couple of aspirin. And, and that I, took care of it? Yeah, Maybe I, I need, need, need to give my computer a couple of aspirin. All right. So we won't be able to do that uh, particular commercial break. But uh, rest assured, we'll it is... talk about it. Well, it, uh, it's Computer Guru. Arizona Computer Guru is one of our sponsors. Uh, they do great work on computers, and uh, they set you up on websites as well. Maybe um, you better take this computer to it. Yeah, I, I think, I'm thinking I, I need to go over there and do that. Yeah, stop um, using the hammer. Go to the well, okay, well, that yeah, best they can dump, buff it out, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, uh, one of our sponsors is the Empire Ranch. Oh, oh. Not the Empire Ranch, but uh, uh, White Stallion. Not the White Stallion. It, 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 oh, for Christ's sake! The, the, We're running out of ranches. I know the the, the thing is gone there. Anyway, um, uh, Steve Voices uh, horsing oh, around. Oh, horsing around. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, horsing around. With a rescue ranch. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Mr. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, uh, speaking of the Empire, we got the Cowboy yeah, event weekend. coming up uh, next weekend. Next week? No, next weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah next weekend. Otherwise, you'd be there. I'll be there, fifth and sixth, <laughs> yeah. I'll be there, and just anybody that comes down there, they, they, they said they'd let me have a table. I can set up some stuff from the uh, Empire Ranch Library. I'm going to put out some of the books from the archives about the ranch. So if you want to come stop by and take a look at those, ask a question or two, I'll mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell you a couple of Wendy's and send you on your way. <laughs> and our talent drop uh, was Travis Mills, reminding you that he's made 12 westerns in 12 months and 52 and, in 52 weeks, and that you're Short listening story. to the Voices of the West, and that cues the uh, High Chaparral theme song. Okay. <laughs> All right, there's the commercial break. <laughs> uh, 
I have no idea what's going on with this thing. All right, we're back. Okay. Well, <laughs> talking about George Kennedy on Movie Saturday. I want to talk about one that we all, I know we all like, and, and uh, Todd already talked about it, but you know, it, it needs more recognition. Bandolero. Okay. You know, this was a high-powered cast. Jimmy Stewart, Dean Martin, Raquel Welch, and then just a slew of great supporting players. Andrew Prine, Will Gear, Jennifer Pyle, Tom Heaton, Rusty Diaz, Sean McCord, Harry Carey Jr., Don Redberry, Perry Lopez, Big John Hamilton, Dub Taylor, John Mitchum, Will Roy Bartroff, Bob Adair, Hal Needham was the stunt coordinator, doubled for Martin, uh, Jock Mahoney, did a, he had a stunt part at the very beginning, made made Raquel a widow. Wilford Brindley, he was an extra in that, did stunts. I'll tell you what, and he was Sheriff July Johnson, and he had a thing for Raquel Welch, and she didn't have the time of day for him. But he was, you know, yeah, and he was, he was again. That was only he was a very sympathetic part. You, 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 you know, you're, you're thinking. Yeah, her and Dean Martin make a nice, cute couple, mm-hmm. but she should settle down with George because he's stable, mm-hmm. you know. And they shot that down in Brackettville and Del Rio, and then up at Glen Canyon National Recreation Area. That's a lot of stuff. It is. It is. The man made a buttload of movies yeah. and buttloads yeah. of television uh, appearances. I mean, wow. Well, speaking of buttloads of television, yep. what show you like, Bat Masterson. Yep. He did the uh, Fourth Man episode playing Sheriff Zeke Armitage. And this was an interesting, uh, uh, Kevin, oh, I can't think of his last name, was was the town boss. And he kind of had an Indian sign on George. Because George was a good sheriff, a straight guy, but... He was able to, you know, basically boss him around, and he was after after Bart, you know, Bart Bart Masterson, Batman, Masterson. Batman, wrong wrong show, <laughs> but he anyhow, uh, and uh, Masterson keeps going telling George, he said, you you know you you're a good sheriff, you're a good man. Why are you why are you taking orders from this scum? And he finally, you know, he he gets his huevos together and he stands up to him. And at the end, uh, George's, the gal playing George's wife gives a bat a kiss on the cheek and says, you know, and, it, and he, and he bat says, you guys make a nice couple. Yeah. <laughs> well. So, was he, Todd, was he the kind of guy that uh, uh, directors just wanted to have uh, on, on their, in their project uh, because of the amount of work that he accomplished? Well, because he was, uh, first of all, he was a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, he um, was not a prima donna. Um, third of all, you know, he was easy to be around when they weren't shooting off camera. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a great sense of humor. I don't know if you guys remember it, but... He once did. Um, he once he once was a guest on the Carol Burnett show, and um, um, the show uh, they would do, do those little vignettes, those little skits, you know, mm-hmm. prior to Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So they do this one with Carol and somebody else, and they're they're working like in a maybe a cafe or a dry cleaners or something. They're talking about. Um, 
you know how how they wish that you know there were more masculine men and you know uh, this and you know all the men they don't know any masculine good looking men and here comes George Kennedy he walks in as a customer to either get a cup of coffee to go or a sandwich or maybe it's his dry cleaning or whatever and and he's dressed in a suit and you know and they're just the two of them are fawning all over him they're just oh my god oh it's so good to see you oh can we get you any more of that and he's like no that's just that what you know whatever my order is is what i want thank you so much oh it's so good to see you they're just fawning all over him and they keep whispering back and forth through each other oh my god he's so handsome oh my god he's so masculine oh he's so large he's so tall he's so much really back and then they he then tur- he says and then finally he gets his order and he says uh thank you ladies you know and he's got that George Kennedy deep voice well thank you ladies uh, you have a nice day and they pull the camera back and he turns around and walks away and he's wearing although they're men's shoes they're high heels <laughs> and, he, and the two of them are you know they're just falling all over him and as he walks out you know and the camera pulls back in the audience the tv audience sees those shoes well they also as their characters notice those shoes uh-huh. and the two of them look down and they're just totally <laughs> stupefied and like oh god no <laughs> and he just good. played it straight that's pretty and good. it shows that he was secure with himself as a person and yeah, as an yeah, actor yeah. He, well, you he didn't. He, he wasn't going to be a prima donna and say, "Well, no, I'm George Kennedy. I'm not going to wear those," and so on and so forth. He went along with it. He bought into it. Mm-hmm. He was a team player, yeah. and that's that's what everybody wants to work with. Yeah, you know, very what? you know, very few people want to deal with uh, prima donnas. You know, I lied to you guys. I just realized I did two pictures with it. What? Yeah, I forgot. I did the good guys and the bad guys. And that was a Robert Mitchum. Yes, that was a who they and they played off each other really well. And Tina Louise. Tina Louise. Oh, well, Tina Louise, who had a who had a uh, uh, the the poster. One of the movie posters for the good guys and the bad guys was they had photographs of all the different people in the film, and they have little uh, captions, you know, by their you know like little comic captions. And the con- the caption coming out of her mouth is, "You want to have your mind blown?" <laughs> well, well, you know, yeah, and this is I'm glad only you- a little bit inappropriate. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, you, the this Harry good- Bunker, you guys lock up. I'll leave now. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyhow, yeah, we kind of got us there. Um, you know, again, here's a, here was a movie full of good, strong character actors, and yet, you know, he was he being a character actor. I think he was above all of them, but then these are outstanding people. David Carradine, Douglas Fowley, and DeFowley was awesome in that. He was good. Lois Nettleton. That was, uh, for those who don't know, that was uh, uh, Doc Holliday on uh, the Maverick shows. Yes, yes. Uh, John, oh, no. John David Chandler, one of the great slimy bad guys. John Carradine, uh, Marie Windsor, Dick Peabody, Catherine Freeman. And then Jimmy Murphy, nobody ever heard of him. That's the guy I doubled. Uh, and Nick Dennis was in there. Fine, fine work for these guys. Great fight. Again, uh, uh, Bob Drehune doubling, uh, doubling uh, mm-hmm. Kennedy. And that great, it was a really good fight there in the river. 
because there's two old guys out of shape <laughs> fighting in the river. And when it's all over, Fowley kind of takes them under wing and gets them gets them healed up. They, they, I mean, they were pathetic. Jerry Gatlin was the stunt coordinator on that. I misspoke. It's Wyatt Earp, not Masterson. Uh, Fowley playing Doc Holliday. So see, that just shows you Harry and I are not so big that we can't correct our mistakes. And this was a movie. One of the neat things working on this was Tap and Joe Canut were on there, and uh, Gary McCarty, another great stuntman. Oh, I meant, I failed to mention David Huddleston, and uh, they shot this up in the beautiful location of Jama, New Mexico, on the Toltec Radio uh, Radio Railroad, <laughs> and we spent two weeks chasing that train. Wow! Before that was before First Unit even got there, wow. and it was just a wonderful one. Never caught it, did you? Actually, <laughs> you know, it was so funny. We'd ride alongside there and uh, be talking with the people inside the train. You know, you know, we're supposed to be trying to <laughs> rob, rob it. it. You know, and, and we're just, just hey, that was a lot of that was a that was a hoot of a film. And also, one of my favorite Kennedys directed it. Bert. Bert, one of the oh. nicest men that ever ever lived. I mean, this guy was a was a there was a there you know, there must be something in the name Kennedy. Because these two guys were so much alike. Mm. Quiet, reserved, smart, nice. You, can't, you know, you can't say a bad thing about either one of them. Well, you can, but somebody will probably beat you up. Get punched in the nose. I might even do the punching. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our third commercial break. I got this figured out. We're going to take our third commercial break just a bit early here. I got my here. fingers crossed. All right, and uh, we'll be back with much more on Amal Francie's Voices of the West. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management, where we manage money for gun owners. When people turn 50, something miraculous happens. They start to get serious about retirement planning. They've done very well so far and want to be certain they power into the retirement they've earned. Let me guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Hello? 
I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses. So they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. All right, brothers, where's the bank money? What bank money? One move that doesn't set right with me, and I'll kill you. This is the Voices of the West. I'm just a carefree cowboy Riding down the trail singing Ki-i-i-yippee-ki-i I love the lonely prairie Where the coyotes wail at the moon up there in the sky Emil Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. Where the breeze blows my troubles away. An authentic Western singer. Not country Western, Western. Western. There you go. He got the twang on the twang. He got everything, man. Got everything. Tex Ritter. Yeah, here's 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 one for you. I, I've seen this episode a couple of times, the Virginian. Mm-hmm. It was the Nobility of Kings with Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. And it's in the story, Bronson is a small rancher who's never had any luck and moved from place to place. And he finally he settled there in Warbow War or Warlock, wherever it is. And he's got a ran he gets a bull. And he's gonna build a foundation herd. And he's doing good. Kennedy doesn't like him. He's another rancher. Doesn't like him. They have a great, great one of the great TV fights in the saloon. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, they're, they're, they're doing the big fall roundup. Everybody's got all the outfits that brought their cows together, and they're coming over to pick up his cows. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy sees this one cow down in a gulch, and he says, he says, that cow's dead. And they go down, and he goes, he says, that's some uh, some kind of cow disease. I don't remember what it was. Texas fever or something. And, and he says, you know, we can't, and, and Bronson goes, no, 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 no. And he's okay. He's just he's an old cow. Anyhow, they're like ready to ready to start to shoot, and he's standing there. <laughs> and, of course, the Virginian, being the diplomat that he is, they send for the vet. The vet comes out and comes looks at him. And he goes, yeah, that's Texas fever. going to have to kill them all. <laughs> and... At this point, Bronson is defeated. And so, you know, and the, the, the other ranchers are, oh, we'll help you kill him. He says, no, they're my, my cattle. I'll kill them. Mm-hmm. And him and his, brother, his boy have been having outs. The boy, the Virginia gives the boy the gun, and he goes down, helps the dad. They heal the respect. Yeah. Anyhow, he comes back all defeated. And they're standing there listening to the gunshots. He comes back, and guess who says, well, he says, well, I'm like this. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of business. 
Guess who steps up to help him? George Kennedy. George Kennedy. Yep. He goes He goes to this change. He says, you know, I've got a couple of cows. He says, I can let you have them and, then, you know, help you, help you get started. It'll take you a little year or two. And he goes, oh, i got a couple. i got a couple. All the guys pitch in. And it's, that's the cowboy way. That's a really it's a, it was it was a really good episode. It really showcased Kennedy, and it really really showcased Bronson. Anything more, Todd, or have you left us? No, I have not left you. <laughs> He's just in awe. Wait, I thought. Hold on a second. I thought the bar was still open. It is. Did they close? No. No, no, it's open. Sheesh! <laughs> Golly, you guys that did, uh, you know, I just. I uh, yeah. start, you know, doing giving myself a pedicure, and look what happened. Um, you know, I just I've said this so many times about so many actors that we've talked about on the show, but you know, I just think that George Kennedy is one of the greatest examples of that. Is it's just a guy who was there for the work, put his work in, did his work, knew his lines, was ready to go, and and didn't you know. Um, make himself a problem or you know whatever the issues might be that we see so often today and as we kind of know um you know uh those guys that are the ones today would not have survived in george's time no they'd have been you know uh the phone would have stopped ringing kind of like the randy travis song is uh, is that you who's still not calling? <laughs> so well, you know, there's another aspect of him or side of him that we haven't touched on, which was, which he really played well, and and I think it helped him work a lot. Was the not too bright feller? Because mm-hmm. you know, he did he did a scapegoat episode of Bonanza playing Waldo Watson, and I'll tell you. He was definitely the fellow that fell off the pumpkin wagon in that one. You know, he, he got a couple of couple of guys are after him for some some misunderstanding, and they want to kill him. And he's up on the bonanza, and they're trying to help him. And you know, it, it's one of those typical episodes. It's where you, when you got Hoss, where if any if anything he, anything can be broken, he can break it. That's right. Well, between the two of them, they just about wrecked the ranch. You know. <laughs> That is acting, man. It, when you can do that kind of character yeah. imp- impression, uh, you know, because not a lot of people can do that. I mean, we we <laughs> we see people like that Me. frequently. <laughs> Me, <laughs> uh, but you know, to uh, for someone to portray that is. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And he, you know, just to, just to touch on a couple of things, he did he did Death Valley Days. And what was this one? Oh, no, I'm going to skip that one. He did The Deputy. They didn't skip that one. Oh, he did. He, this is, I want to, I, I, I've never heard of this. They call it a movie. I think it's probably a documentary called Dobie and a Company of Heroes, which was the name of his book. But it came out in 2002. And I would love to see that because I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it's probably one of those things where it was him talking about you know, playing with Wayne on uh, Cahill. But, you know, it's like one of those things that definitely under the radar. Mm. Mm. You ever hear of it, uh, Todd? I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you think back on this guy's career and that he just kept working, you know, from from very serious roles like Thunderlight, uh, Thunder, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot to... The Naked Gun to the Dirty the the Dirty Dozen and 
you know, it's just amazing that his the span of his work because he worked a lot for somebody who didn't work and he worked a decent amount of time but there are many other actors that worked much longer in years but did much less work exactly and i think that just talks about his work ethic and also that he how much people wanted to work with him and that's why the phone kept ringing well, you know, I'm just looking here. I'm thinking it's one, two, three, four, five gun smokes, you know. And you don't do repeats on gun smokes, especially that many, unless you are really something special. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, one we didn't mention either. Yes, sir. Guns of the Magnificent Seven. Well, you know, yeah. Replaced, you know, replacing the old Brenner. It, you know, it, it was... It wasn't, none of them were as good as the first one, even the second one with Brenner. But he was a good Chris. I mean, it was a good little show. And, you know, what the heck, what can you say? He just, he was a solid, straight hero. Mm-hmm. In that one. Nothing mm-hmm. special. Yeah, he didn't try to outdo Jewel Brenner. He just played it straight and mm-hmm. played the guy. Yeah. You know, and I think that speaks to his the um, self-confidence that he had as an actor and good that, instincts you know I know who I am and I, I know I know what I can deliver and here it is yeah yeah let's see what did he do he did what one two three four was there more <laughs> five oh my goodness does it never stop okay he did five <laughs> of the have gun will travels yeah there you go that again that says something for you right there because on that show, uh, if you came back, that was because of uh, Boone. Yeah, I, 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 that I can imagine. You know, yeah. uh, James Best is a frequent uh, guest star. Yeah. Uh, on Ken uh, Curtis made his career off the play of that goofy. Mm-hmm. Where Festus was born. Mr. Paladine. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Paladine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great episode. Yeah. Well, what else uh, did we wrap up here with uh, yeah, well, see, George Kennedy? Well, he did some. He did a Laramie, the, uh, Laredo, Lawman. Oh, he did the. Uh, oh, Legend he worked of so much James. television. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it, much. Oh, he. Did, this is. This was an interesting film, Little Shepherd of Kingdom Come. That was the 1961 with uh, Jimmy Rogers, and that was a you know, that wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still you know it was still good. You know, he would he made a great hillbilly. Can you say? <laughs> Uh, and Todd mentioned this earlier, and uh, it needs to be repeated, though. Lonely or the Brave, that's the one, I think, that really established him as a as a first-rate heavy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he was like sadistic guard in the jail, and then he's, he's, he's relentless in going after Kirk Douglas. In fact, he's the first up the mountain, but he, mm. pays, for, he pays for his efforts there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, and you and you 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 know, lonely of the brave. You you see the inspiration of that film in uh, Sylvester Stallone's First Blood, Rambo. Yes, yes. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of that going on, and you have the antithesis of Kennedy's character in the George in the Walter Matthau character. All right, the other sheriff. That's going to wrap it up for uh, this edition of. Emil Franzi's Voices of the West in Movie Saturday, paying tribute to George Kennedy. So, until the next time... 78, 79, adios George Kennedy, we miss you, but we'll keep watching for you. 
Good luck, fellas. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 